It's time for episode 390 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's shorter than a leprechaun. I am one of your hosts, Mike Sargent, who is not shorter than a leprechaun, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal, good buddy, my dungeon buddy, and someone who I've met in person so I can say is also not shorter than a leprechaun. It's Dan the Man Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, Mike. I thought this was the podcast at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of gold on this show. Ooh, nice. Ah, uh, ah, uh, good I segue. Like it. Eh? I like it. <laughs> uh, I am excited to say we've got two wonderful guests to my left. Is the editor at IT Pro Today, a podcaster uh, extraordinaire uh, at the incomparable, and of course, the penner of the So What Who Cares newsletter. It's Lisa Schmeiser. Welcome back, Lisa. With an introduction like that, it's no wonder this is one of my favorite podcasts to be on. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And to my left this week, it is the host of Daily Observations over at the Mac Observer and Westworld Rewind over at The Incomparable and our good friend all-around rabble-rouser and pal, Kelly Gamont. Welcome back, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. And I have to tell you, uh, it's... Really odd to be on a non-WandaVision con- uh, <laughs> podcast with Dan and Lisa. Ah, <laughs> uh, podcasts. Um, up first, of course, we've got 30 minutes and four topics. I'm going to kick things off with mine. Uh, I'm curious. There was a, a, a very bleak story about Amazon adding gamification to its warehouses uh, to try and, uh, in theory, improve upon what is already kind of ridiculous uh, expectations. But um, that just made me wonder, does gamification work on your brain? So an example of that would be like closing your rings on Apple Watch. Lisa Schmeiser, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, it does. It absolutely works on me. I say as I pull up my um, Apple Watch and look at my 744 day streak. Wow. Oh, oh, man, I'm I'm actually like a little tick that I don't get the badge for 750 days because it goes from like 100 to 365 to 500. And then there's this long stretch to 1000. Um, so yeah, gamification absolutely works for me when it comes to my watch. And I took up Duolingo. And so now I'm I'm like, oh, I've got to keep the streak alive for that too. Um, I am clearly the type of person who likes that sense of illusory accomplishment when I close all my rings or maintain maintain a streak or knock everything off my to-do list. Yeah, I... Sometimes I, I kind of go in waves with it where I'll get like really into the idea of like closing my rings every day or whatever, and I'll really strive for it. And then it kind of drops off sometimes. Um, so I think the best, most successful one I have is my New York Times crossword streak. But that's literally a game. So I don't even know if that counts here. <laughs> um, it's not like encouraging me to do a good habit. It's just starting to get my crossword finished every day. Um, I like, yeah, I like the idea. I think it tends to be something that wears off for me over time. The more time I spend with something 
eventually I will just get tired of it because there's so much anxiety for me about breaking the streak that once the streak is broken, I'm like, oh, well, that is a weight off my mind. Finally, I can move <laughs> on to something else and not be concerned about it anymore. Uh, that said, I have definitely also done the thing where I'm getting into bed and realize I have like 20 calories left to burn and I stand up and just like dance for a minute because I gotta, if I'm 20 calories away on my move ring, I'm going to close that thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Oddly enough, it was my Apple Watch that uh, crushed the gamification actually working on my brain uh, because I was doing really well. And then uh, I had to take my phone in for repair and uh, I hadn't had my watch all that long at that point. And so uh, nobody thought to ask me, like, did you do you have an Apple Watch? Did you unpair it? So I lost all my health data because they couldn't get my phone back. Um and then the the second time, I got really, really sick. And there's no such thing as a sick day in the Apple Watch rings. And there's no, like, I really know, like, it's not like I don't want to stand up for 12 hours in a row. It's that I am incapable because I'm supposed to be asleep for, like, 11 of them minimum. And couldn't... Uh, and so, like, it killed it. And so, um, most days, I try to stand up regularly, um, and I will do the the move ring thing, uh, but that's about it. Like I I'm super jealous of Lisa's streak because I would have one, um, but, I, but Apple killed it, and um, and I I mostly feel like Dan most of the time. Like I feel better that I'm not having to like obsess over it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a you know if I finish this, I get a little badge at the end or whatever uh that that usually does tend to at least make me expend more effort than just not care at all thank you all for your answers on that i uh I, gamification sort of works on me the 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 closing rings of course was the first example of that not so much anymore i think uh dan's point about the anxiety of having it fail or having you know missing a day or having something not go right and so your your uh your, your thread is broken, so to speak. It does result in uh, some anxiety for me. So I'm definitely with you on that one. Alrighty, folks, let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Lisa. So Microsoft Edge, which is Microsoft's web browser, is now offering the option to have vertical tabs instead of horizontal tabs across the top of your window. The vertical tabs are actually an old Opera feature, and they're going to get a wider exposure thanks to the way Edge is integrated into Windows 10. Would you want to go vertical and have your browser tabs lined up to the left of your screen instead of at the top of your browser window? I'm going vertical. Um, yeah. I'm vertical right now. I'm standing <laughs> while I do Extreme. Yeah. Yes. Keep that streak going. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I, you know what? I launched Edge because I was trying to like sort of visualize what this was. And I was like, oh, for my first response was like, no, this is terrible. And then I thought, no, nah, it's actually not. It's not that bad. I don't know. It's something that I would definitely go to i think in general i feel like it's not as efficient a use of space for what i tend to do i think having stuff along the top um makes it a little easier for me to sort of visualize where different things are and switch between them and some of that's just you know i'm used to it uh but some of it is also just i like having my screen wider to show more content rather than taller necessarily i think so yeah i don't know i mean i think it's perfectly valid i'd be happy if people like it as an option i think that'd be great like you definitely should provide it then but i i don't i'm not personally crying out for it kelly do you need vertical tabs vertical tabs <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think so uh, until i looked at it and 
Uh, I tend to want as much vertical space as possible. So um, taking the tabs off the top so that my, my browser can be a bit taller is definitely a thing I would consider. Now, I don't know if I would go as far as switching to Edge to get that. Um, but if Edge was already something I was looking at, like um, at the day job, like I have to go through a lot of different browsers for different things. And if I have Edge installed, this is probably a thing I would enable there and see how I felt about it. Yep, I'm with Kelly. Um, so it, the the theory is sound. One would uh, think, oh, you've got much more space horizontally. So pop those tabs on the left so you can see more of what's going on. Um, I tend to remove a lot of toolbars and things like that in my browser. I, and I use Safari, which already has a pretty thin uh, bar at the top. But um, if it's because I don't use Microsoft Edge or as uh, Windows watchers are wont to call it, Credge, given that it's based on the Chromium browser. Uh, for me, yes, I, I think it's a great idea and it's something that I'd be willing to try. But like Dan, given that I'm used to horizontal tabs, I don't know that it would be something that I would stick with. But I can't try it because it's not in Safari. So alas, <laughs> Lisa, <laughs> why don't you round us out? You know, I keep thinking that the problem, not problem, but the situation is like tabs are still kind of a paper metaphor, like you're flipping through file folders or flipping through a book, like either way you look at it. And I figure they're basically the same. It's just a question of whether you're more comfortable with like flipping the book left to right, which is what I feel like vertical tabs are, or, you know, thumbing through a stack of files top to bottom, which is what I feel like horizontal tabs are. I'm holding out for like the first browser tab management system that like takes Minecraft or other drag and drop environments into account and lets you arrange them any way you want. It is halftime here at Clockwise, and I am excited to tell you about the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint. Uh, If you are looking for some new content to check out, which is always a fun experience, well, there's a show you should look for. It's called The IntraZone, which is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and related tech can work from you. You're going to hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge, and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspectives, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And the topics for each show are really interesting. Previous episodes cover migration to the cloud, designing your intranet, and API and teamwork. Um, one of the, the episodes covers uh, Microsoft's Power Platform, which... Again, a lot of these tools, maybe you wouldn't, uh, you might not necessarily use in particular, but I like these for kind of inspiration about things. And the Power Platform is a really cool, uh, system for sort of putting together, uh, automations and easily building apps out of, uh, even with very little knowledge of coding. Um, so it's kind of incredible what you can do with the Power Platform. Uh, go and listen to it now. Just search for the IntraZone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E. Or you can just click the link in the show notes to check it out. Thanks so much to the IntraZone by Microsoft SharePoint for its support of this show. And of course, 
or Relay FM. All righty, Dan, what is your topic? The HomePod is dead. Long live the HomePod mini. Uh, is, th- is that it for Apple's smartphone ambitions? Are they kind of seeding the floor on this? Is the HomePod mini enough to kind of stake a place in the ground for the future of uh, Apple's smart home strategy, for lack of a better word? Is there still room in the market for them to succeed? Kelly, tell me that I haven't spent all this money in vain. <laughs> uh I don't think it was in vain, um, but I think uh, there's a piece of this we probably don't know. Um, one of the components was too hard to get. Uh, the The processing power in that that they need for the S lady inside a HomePod is um, from from the bits I've been able to gather. It's orders of magnitude better in the Mini than the full on. Um, I think Apple's going to take what they learned from the original HomePod and continue on. Uh, I think uh, one of the comments we got yesterday doing Mac Voices Live was, well, you know, the speakers in the Apple car are going to sound amazing. <laughs> um, and so I, I liked that take. But um, I don't think that's it for smart home ambitions. I think it's just going to continue to evolve. And I have way more thoughts on that than Clockwise has room for. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, so yeah, uh, what Kelly pointed out about the, the processing being better in the HomePod mini is, is one part of that. And, uh, the other fact is, and this is finally a true thing that one can say, and it actually means something. Uh, we're right on the edge of what will be, uh, thread based networking for smart home products. Uh, the HomePod mini has thread built into it. It is one of the, uh, methods by which smart home devices can connect. That's part of, uh, the chip initiative project connected home over IP. Um, oh, of which many, uh, major manufacturers, smart home product makers, etc., are uh, part of this group. And uh, Thread, built into the HomePod Mini, makes it kind of a a base that connects to different Thread-enabled home devices. And while there aren't many on the market right now, slowly but surely, there are uh, more that are either enabling Thread support for what they already have, or are working on hardware revisions for their products to add it. And um, I've tested some thread devices and it's next level connectivity. Uh, Lisa, what are your thoughts? I'm still not really clear what Apple's smart home ambitions are. I mean, much in the same way, I'm not really clear what their smart car ambitions are. <laughs> and what I'm trying to understand is um, what their play in ambient computing is going to be, especially since uh, Amazon's got a really strong play with Alexa and e-commerce where you can talk to and find Girl Scout cookies or um, put put shop put put items on your shopping list. And Google Home has all sorts of stuff that allows you to integrate. Where I'm trying to figure out is where does Apple fit into that ecosystem? And will it figure out how to peacefully coexist? Because I'm pretty sure that end user consumers aren't going to go, oh, Apple's got this great new product or oh, Apple's got this great new service. Time to say goodbye to that. That's not going to happen. That said, I like the product they have left. It's little, it's cute. If you can find a use case for it where you're like, oh, it totally makes sense, then um, I would be like, oh, sure. It's it's clear what they're doing. It's their future. But as of right now, don't get it. Don't know. Don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't think the smart home, Apple's done with it entirely. I think the time and money they've invested in HomeKit it suggests that they, they have a goal here and certainly emphasizing things like the privacy angle 
uh, if they can bring that to that connected home IP platform, that will be a big improvement for everybody across the board. But I think Lisa makes a great point about like, where are the natural sort of, oh my God, I'm going to use this word. Where are the natural synergies for Apple in this market? I'm sorry. I feel bad. I feel dirty. I take a shower now. But like, what is Apple good at that it wants to bring this ability to? And I think, honestly, the best option would be for the link into sort of the very personal parts of your life, dealing with stuff on your calendar, dealing with text messages, calls, stuff that like Apple's like, we guard this information jealously because we know that it's important to you and it's important that it remain private. So our voice assistant will do a much better job of that and we will not try to monetize it and sell it to other people. I think there's a compelling argument in that. But the answer is that Siri needs to be way better than it is now because it's really not it's not good enough. Uh, and I think that's the problem that Apple ran into with the HomePod in a lot of cases was it's, it was great at one thing, playing music. It was not great at pretty much anything else. The HomePod mini has a lot of promise to it for a lot of the reasons Micah just talked about in terms of its place in the smart home. But I think that improving Siri is sort of the number one thing that's actually going to draw people to that as an ambient computing platform. Just make the product better. Thank you all for your thoughts on that topic. Let's go to our final topic today, which comes from Kelly. So uh, we had uh, daylight saving, daylight savings time, whatever you call it, uh, where we all decide that uh, the artificial construct of time needs to be changed twice a year. And uh, like we weren't having a hard enough time with with time already. Um, It's especially hard on me because I live on the West Coast, but my day job takes place during East Coast office hours. So I was wondering what sort of um, hacks or tips or tricks you all have for uh, going to sleep. (sighs) Um, so I don't have hacks that are are actually, no, I just remembered something. So I was going to say that, um, my audio book, uh, it's not really a hack, uh, because it's not, it's just that whenever I need to fall asleep, I listen to, um, audio books and it, I have ADHD and focusing that part of my brain on an audio book, uh, mm-hmm. means that it's not thinking about the hundred thousand things that it normally does that keep me up. <laughs> yep. Um, and so that's helpful, but, I just watched a TED talk. Um, oh boy, here we go. Uh, and it changed things. There <gasps> is a TED talk about, um, th- it was this guy who was a drummer. And I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail, but basically, uh, he figured out that the brain is really drawn to rhythm and you can use that to sort of slow and focus your, uh, the, the parts of your body that are not, um, always controlled. So like the more autonomic parts of your body. And so what you do is with both hands or even with two fingers on opposite hands, you start to drum out a rhythm pretty quickly. And you do that for a little while and then you slow it down. And then you slow it down even more. And as you do that, it starts to, your brain and your body start to fall into this rhythm and slow. And I kid you not, every time I have done this, I have ended up falling asleep in the midst of, of doing this, this, uh, this thing, this trick, this hack. And it's, it's kind of wild because I will sort of 
count in between the beats. So it'll be, you know, when you're going first, it's just like one beat, one beat, one beat, one beat. Then you go one, two beat, one, two beat, one, two beat. And I will fall asleep in the middle of those numbers of counting and sort of wake up again and go, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be doing this rhythm. And then suddenly I'm just asleep. So I think everybody should at least give this a try. Um, it has genuinely worked for me, and I was kind of blown away uh, by how well it worked. Lisa, do you have any hacks for uh, for sleeping? <laughs> okay, nothing so cool as that. Um, I was going to say my biggest hack is actually sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah? Um, so because of pandemic situations, the uh, swim... the club that I go to has lap lane reservations and they open up a week in advance and they open at, mid- at midnight and they are usually taken by like 1210. So if I want to swim seven days out, I have to stay up until midnight a week before and load my browser and get my lap lane reservation. <laughs> and um, then I usually have to start my day around like 615. So I, I basically like do what I need to stumble into bed and pass out because I am so tired from having been up for about 18 hours at that point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, so that's it. Maybe just heavy exercise during the day and um, sleep deprivation five nights out of seven. (laughs) Wow. It's, it's, I gotta close those rings, guys. I, you know, you can't, cl- you can't close those rings unless you're knocking out your 2,000 meters in the pool. You can't get your 2,000 meters in the pool unless you stay up until midnight to get the lap lane reservation. And that leads to a virtuous cycle of no sleep and closed rings. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I nearly fell asleep when Micah was doing that drumming thing. So that apparently yeah. was, it was very soothing. Very soothing. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I don't know. So when I was a kid, I used to have a lot of trouble falling asleep. Um, and I think that it is, uh, I, I sort of did that with like, listen to the radio dramas or like just stuff on audio. Uh, I've, I think it was, we talked about the other week. Uh, I'm now like have a fan on when I sleep generally. Um, these days, I don't know. I don't have as much trouble falling asleep as I used to. Generally, I kind of think along with Lisa, I'm just tired at the end of the day. I'm so tired that I fall asleep. I have problems waking up early. I wake up early and my brain just starts going and I cannot turn it off. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's I have problems at the other end. Uh, falling asleep, oftentimes, I like I work on book stuff. Like I will start writing scenes in my head, which is the worst because I never <laughs> remember them the next day. I'm like, oh, that's good. Okay, I'm gone. <laughs> uh, so I've I've lost a lot of really great writing from that. So maybe it's great for my sleep, not great for my career. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of stuff. You know, I've tried other things before. Like, um, you know, there there are some uh, Headspace is a great meditation app that has these sort of like sleep stories that you can fall asleep with, like ambient noise mm-hmm. and like a very soothing narrator. I kind of enjoy those from time to time, and they do like like uh, cool down exercises where you like go through your body and like stretch, you know, like stretch different muscles and stuff, and just try to fall asleep. But yeah, I don't know. I've never found anything that works perfectly reliably for me. But fortunately, I, I mostly don't need it. Kelly. Why don't you round us out here? Well, what I what I have found is first of all sleep stories. Um, one of my favorites is uh, T's and Z's, and it's this podcast that reads terms and conditions for stuff. <laughs> oh, that's uh, brilliant! So, like, go listen to the iTunes terms. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Um, and like they're super, they vary like a bunch for everybody like it's really subjective like there's a couple that i really like that other people i know like absolutely can't listen to um because i tried audiobooks but i was too interested in in what they 
in the book. And so I couldn't fall asleep because I have the same ADHD, like give me something just interesting enough, um, but not so interesting that I can't fall asleep because I want to know what happens. Uh, so I've used a couple of those and there's some sort of power down meditations in 10% Happier, which is my meditation app of choice. And the other thing I've done is use uh, bedtime on my phone to remind me it's time to gear down and go to sleep. Uh, and also because it will sort of lock you out of your phone for a while. So you have to hit dismiss every time you pick it up to do something. And that has actually made me go, wait, maybe I don't need to check Twitter one more time or peek at my email or whatever as I'm headed to bed. And so that tiny bit of friction has actually helped. Um, I'm still getting as much sleep as I want to, but uh, there actually is a uh, law on the floor in Congress right now that will make it so that everybody that voted for uh, daylight savings time to be the permanent time, uh, which Oregon, Washington, and California have all done, uh, would actually turn it into reality. So um, maybe having set them forward this time, I won't have to change them back again in November. Fingers crossed. Interesting. That would be nice. Um, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need daylight savings time. No. Right. Agreed. But what are we you do... saving it for? We can't spend it later. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take it with you, folks. Uh, but let me tell you about a little uh, sponsor before we round things out this week. Uh, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Pingdom. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content or how effective your marketing, they'll most likely bounce if your website is loading too slowly. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience. So you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, the device, and the platform they use, so you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your website, so you can make informed optimizations and deliver a great performance to those who matter most, your customers. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code CLOCKWISE at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds, for its support of this show and, of course, Relay FM. All right, my bonus topic for you. If you could only have one third-party app on your smartphone, what third-party app would that be? Excuse me, what third-party app would that be? Lisa, we'll start with you. <laughs> we know I love a streak, so it would have to be Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very committed. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, that's good. I briefly thought like like Tweetbot or something and then realized, no, God, why would I waste it on reading Twitter? Uh, so I'm going to go back to my standby, the crossword app, New York Times crossword app. Wow. Um, I If I only get to pick one, uh, I'm going to say Pokemon Go. Nice. Ooh, Audible is definitely mine. I, I, I don't know where I'd be without my audiobooks. Um, thank you all for your answers on that. And thank you for an exceptional episode of Clockwise. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you so much for joining us today. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. 
And Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>